thing for a while. The World Cup's over, but for the last time, we are going to talk to Alex Thomas about this because I couldn't have a Tuesday show with the end of the World Cup and not get you on the phone. Good morning, Alex. Hi. Hey, so it's over. It's over, but... It is over. But the last... It is, isn't it? Oh, the lasting impression, though, is that it has made a huge difference to women's sport, women's soccer. I don't know if that's just me. But what do you What do you think that the the lasting legacy, what what the end of it all means? No, it definitely has. I mean, I've spent the last four weeks speaking to you know players, administrators, fans, media. And it's definitely groundbreaking. Um, there was a really nice speech that they had, like a sort of women's football convention um, at the ICC in Sydney on the fi- on the weekend of the final. And the chief women's football officer for FIFA is actually a Samoan-born Kiwi lady who used to play the game herself. And she was just saying, it's not a question of potential anymore. This game is here. It's arrived. All the TV ratings, all the record attendances and ticket sales have removed any doubt whatsoever that women's football is completely commercially viable. It's here to stay. It's growing bigger than ever. And a former New Zealand captain, Beck Smith, I suppose, said she thinks that women's football will be bigger than the men's game at some stage. And that's because of the feel-good factor it generates, the kind of the nicer culture, uh, more inclusive, all that sort of toxic um, thuggery that you can see at men's football matches isn't part of the women's game right now. And if they can keep it like that, it's a unique setting point. Absolutely. It's so family-friendly. My son went with, with my husband and, and, and cousin, and they said the atmosphere was nothing like they've ever experienced before. And, you know, my, my son's been to a lot of Crystal Palace matches in the UK, and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot <laughs> of... Park gets a little bit rough. There's now, a lot then. of unsavoury activity that goes on, <laughs> a lot of new words that he learnt when he was about eight or nine there. But, yeah, it is a different <laughs> atmosphere, and it's uh, honestly it's seeing, yeah, like you said, the inclusivity as well, something that hasn't kind of progressed in, in the men's game we, we, we saw um really really a lot of inclusivity a lot of representation a lot of feel good but i have to talk about the final so spain tell me how <laughs> how i mean i watched it i nearly died they were they looked so much faster than england on the pitch but i don't know what did you think well for those who don't know there's this hilarious thing in england uh where a sort of comedy duo brought out a song in the mid-1990s uh, talking about 30 years of hurt. Mm-hmm. The only football World Cup England they've ever won is the men's one back in 1966. And that is going back quite a long way now. Um, and I spoke to one old fan after England lost saying, I can't believe it. The women are as bad as the men. More <laughs> years of hurt. Which is quite a negative view because, frankly, England played very well with some, some lots of key injuries. And Spain were just really, really good. And it was incredible because it's only their third ever World Cup before this tournament, they'd only ever won one Women's World Cup match in their history. And just technically superb. Aitana Bonmati in the midfield got the Golden Ball, Ball Awards for Best Player. The Silver Ball Award went to her teammate Jennifer Hermoso. The young player of the tournament went to this amazing Salma Parawayelo. Uh, beautiful, talented, athletic, technically brilliant. This only 19 years old, won this new generation. And also one of the players that's won the Under-17 World Cup, Under-20 World Cup, and now the Senior Women's World Cup. That's never happened before. So I think they were worthy winners, despite the kind of, you know, dark cloud in the background, which is their relationship with their, their coach and their rather misogynistic 
Spanish Football Federation president, for those mm, that have been reading up yes. on it. Yeah, if you do want it, we won't have time to go into all of the... That's another... No. That's an, that's a, yeah, there's so much to talk about with what's going on with the coach, all the players that didn't come because of him, and the dodgy kiss that um, is is maybe best left un, unviewed yeah. if, you, if you don't want to see no it. No dodgy kisses allowed. No dodgy kisses, please. It's 2023, and this is the women who are on top of everything. You don't do that. But anyway, um, what, so what about England, then? You said that there's a little bit of a kind of, oh, they, they've lost again kind of thing, but they did so well, and then the European champions, and I heard there's talk of, of the manager becoming the in, the manager of the English male team. Is that is that something that I've heard right? Well, I mean, Serena Wiegmann is just astonishing since she came in. The first match she actually lost was to Australia in a friendly earlier this year. I mean, they almost can't lose under her. She's now gone to two successive World Cup finals with two different teams. That's never been done before, admittedly losing both times. But as you say, just getting to the final is still amazing. She's won the European Championship with the Netherlands, the European Championship with England. So she's pretty darn good. And I think we are on the cusp of that kind of watershed moment where a woman will go on to successfully manage a male club side in the English Premier League or a national men's team. It's going to happen soon, I guarantee it. And you're right, we should, we should go away, forget the bad stories, go away with smiles on our faces. The tournament's just really been amazing. And you talked about that crowd earlier, Alex. That's my overriding memory. It's just all those smiles and the crowds, just the great atmosphere everywhere. Oh, that's so good to hear, Alex. We will leave it on that excellent note. Thank you for for being our unofficial and roped in at the last minute correspondent. <laughs> I was like, please, can you just come My on pleasure. and talk about it? Uh, I love we loved you, Alex. we loved having you on, and um, I hope we get an excuse to talk to you again in the future. But thanks again for coming, and thanks for um, covering it so wonderfully. And I hope you enjoyed being in Australia. I'm going to be here for a while. Excellent, so don't excellent count me news. Out. We will count you very much in. <laughs> Welcome. Thanks so much, Alex. Speak to you soon. Bye. Listen online via iHeartRadio. Like and see.